in the presence of the Lord. We're walking in His presence. And David obviously knew the presence of the Lord, and he was desperate for the presence of the Lord. And we've, we've gone through it the last couple of months and talked about it. David is saying, I can't live apart from your presence. And we know at that particular time is that the Spirit of God came and went in the Old Testament. But as believers, we have the Spirit of God within us who comes and takes up residence. But I believe that our God is looking for a dwelling place, a place where He's welcomed, a place where He feels comfortable in the church house and in people's lives today. And you're here because you desire to be that dwelling place of the Lord God Almighty. That's why we're here today. And God is saying today that He's doing a work. And I, the Bible says that we'll just believe that we'll see His glory. We'll just believe and trust Him. That redemption that He gives and He doesn't hold back is so powerful. It's life-changing. And He's changing our lives. Amen. He's changing our hearts and lives. And it's through the trials and tribulations that God is obviously doing this. And we thought, we think, well, this is not the way that I would do it. God said, this is the way I do it. This is the way that, that as I put the clay there on the potter's wheel, and I begin to spin it, and I begin to mold and make it to the, what God desires there, and then He takes that, gets it the way He wants it, and puts it into the furnace. The refiner's fire burns off those things that we know we dealt with all of our lives and even as Christians. And we may be brought into our Christian walk and we're saying, no more, no more can no longer remain in my life. The habits, addictions, the things that we put as priority above our God. And God is saying today, just partner with me because I want to release you from those things that have held you captive for so long. Whatever it may be. It may be in the sense of that you don't understand all these things and God says you never will until we get to heaven and then we'll see Him as He is. But right now, we know by faith that what He says is true. Every jot and every tittle, God is saying He's doing a work and He's doing it in each of our lives. This is not an accident that you're here for such a time as this. Do you believe that? You're not an accident, folks. And you weren't born there maybe because of this reason or that reason. Yes, there was conception. Praise God. And thank you, Lord. The miracle of obviously the birth is so powerful. But it was exactly the right time that you were conceived in your mother's womb that you came about and then you're sitting here today for such a time as this. And so this is a time where we can celebrate. And just like those Jewish people were celebrating there at the wedding of Cana, we can celebrate too. And we can dance around and we can praise Him. And we can say, thank you, Lord, because He's doing a work today in my life and He's doing it in yours too. He's doing it in all of us. None of us are exempt from it. All of us today. So if we think somehow we're traveling this journey called life alone, think again. You're not. You've got a family. It's a family that loves you. It's a family that sees you and, and loves you and accepts you and says, we're here to pray. And we're here to continue to call out to our Lord and tell those things that He wants to do in your life and my life 
come, in, come into being. Amen. So we'll look here today at Psalm 84. If you'd like to stand while we uh, talk about it, we're going to talk about the presence of the Lord in worship. He's here right now. And I want to share with you some things. And uh, Psalm 84, I think, speaks of it perfectly. Many believe, I believe that David is, is saying this. We're going to go with that anyway. Uh, it was inspired. It's inspired and infallible. But if you read it with me, you're welcome to do that. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord, and my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my God, my King. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Selah. Think about these things. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, the autumn rains, and also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. And hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob, Selah. Look upon our shield, O God, and look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. When I talk about this today, I want to talk about it in terms of this location of this body, but also in general, the body of Christ are you and me, okay? And we can worship anywhere. In fact, we should worship the king every day because when you come in here, then you're ready to worship if you worship it all, all week long. But if you haven't, then it's kind of hard to just come in and get in on the presence of the Lord here and just sort of a snap time that uh, obviously when we start the worship time. And so the body of Christ are you and I. So when we talk about being aware of the presence of God, my whole thing as I started this series is I want to experience the Lord every day. And I know you do too. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven. I know the glory in heaven is going to be way beyond what we can imagine. And my body here, this body, this human body, couldn't stand God's glory, the fullness of it. And obviously that's why we get another body, a spiritual body there when the resurrection takes place. But we know that we want to know the Lord. There's a hunger and thirst. We don't become complacent in our walk, complacent well in our walk with the Lord because we know that then we become stagnant. You're either obviously moving forward with the Lord or you're going backwards. I don't believe there's a place where you can idle. I believe that you move forward with the Lord. And that's why you're here today, not because of any, obviously here, he's Lighthouse Fellowship. It's a place where we gather corporately, but it's a place where we can come together and live our lives in community and we can grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about this today, I believe the questions that I want to ask you are in terms of even our worship, because we're the body of Christ, remember. 
So the question is, why do we go to church? Anybody? Why do we go to church? Why do we come? Why'd you come today? Anybody? Hear the Word of God. Anybody? Praise God. Praise God. Anybody? Why'd you come to church? Why'd you come? To sing to the Lord. To praise Him. Amen. Thank you. Yes, Sid. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We come to praise His name. I said for the healing that Sid, and you know Sid testified about a month ago, and he said, I don't know what's going to happen here, but God's going to take care of me, and my Lord rules and reigns, and here we go today. And he answered that. He's a God, our, obviously, uh, He's Jehovah Rapha, and he's, Je- he's a God, our healer. Amen. Thank you, Sid. Amen. Why else? Why do we worship the Lord? Why do we worship the King? Why is it here, right? Why do we worship Him? Makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Amen. How about anybody else? Don, Don? He's a good father. A good, good father. Anybody else? Truth and Word of God. Amen. Anybody else? Why do we worship Him? He answers my prayer. He answers your prayers to Lynette. Amen. Thank you, babe. Everlasting life. Hallelujah. Eternal life. Amen. Yes, Don. He is. Because He is. Because He is. I am that I am. Karen. Yes. He's the only one. He is the only one. He's in that place. He's the only one. Amen. Anybody else? Kathy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Set that apart to get in His presence. Amen. Daniel or Casey. Daniel, Casey, Casey. He takes what's missing and makes you whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Casey. Yes, sir. He is faithful in all of these things that we're talking. Yes, indeed. Anybody else? We come to meet with Him. We come to encounter Him. We come to honor Him. We come to pray to Him. We come to praise Him, right? We come to thank Him for who He is. Because He's done great and mighty things. He is. I am who I am. I'm the great I am. Amen? Moses asked, who do I tell him or send to me? He said, just tell him I am. That's all you need to hear. I am that I am. That's it. And we worship Him because of who He is. And we want to know Him for who He is. Amen? Because one day we will stand before Him. We will stand before Him and we'll look and gaze in His eyes. Amen? And we'll see in His eyes His loving kindness. We'll see His His grace, His forgiveness, all of who He is. And I believe, I know I use the word, I'll melt in His presence. Amen? I'll fall. You know the song, uh, By Mercy Me. You know, will will I sing or, or will I be able to stand or Will I shout hallelujah or or whatever I will do when we meet him and when we stand in his presence, amen. And you know what I think breaks my heart and we need to pray because my heart was burdened on the way here today because I turned down the street over here and there are a lot of people out doing many things. I left my neighborhood today and the thing today in the neighborhoods are these, I call them go-karts or actually golf carts. Everybody's got a golf cart. I don't have a golf cart. But they ride around and they're 
recreation for today is riding around in their go-karts or, or you know golf carts here and and doing that and i'm going you need to get in the church house and you need to get in the presence of the lord and they're obviously the toys we have are even bigger because you can go down here to Kima and you can see the boats that leave the docks out there and they're huge and it costs a lot of money but i love the presence of the lord and david is saying that in this psalm he said, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. And he's saying his soul is yearning and even fainting for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. He's saying today, there's something down deep in my heart. It's not being satisfied by all these big things and, and all of life. And you're the only one that can satisfy in the presence of the Lord. We come to church to do all of those things today. But you know, there are many excuses that are being made today. But for many, worshiping the Lord is pure joy. Experience pure joy. Did you anticipate coming today? I anticipate coming. I get up and I'm ready to go. I want to tell you, I know caffeine helps me <laughs> and coffee. And I, I need that, obviously, boost. I need that. Uh, Nitro, <laughs> tell nitro we need that. And we need to get up, but we come because we're, ex we're expecting things to happen. I want to get in the presence of the Lord. David was yearning, and he was hungering. He was thirsting, and he expresses that because he has a strong desire for God's house. God's house can, obviously, we are the house of God. But when we come together corporately, something happens. That's why when we leave this place today, I want to tell you, I'm refreshed. I'm refreshed. I'm changed. There's something that happens in my life. And you know what I see happening in the church today? People linger. People starting to linger. People don't want to leave the presence of the Lord, right? And we carry the presence with us. But the corporate presence of the Lord when we come together. And we see people wanting to just stay, hang around, pray for one another. We're seeing God do these things. Why? It's because once you get in God's presence, you're not going to want to leave. When we go to heaven, you're not want to go, but want to go back and say, "I want this old earthly existence like I did have before." I never want to go back. And so, when we pray for people, we need to have the understanding and the insight today that we want everybody to get saved. We want everybody to be delivered. We want everybody to be set free because I want to tell you, people don't even realize they're in bondages to things the day that are there in their lives and they've been with them from way back and they struggled and they've strained and they've tried and they've gritted their teeth and it hasn't worked. And I told you last week, get into the presence of God and watch these shackles fall off. Get into God's presence, His manifest presence, and He will do a mighty work. David would rather be in God's house than anywhere else today. He'd rather be here than there on the golf course or any of the places that we could be here. He'd rather be at church than any place uh, else than watching TV in his recliner. He desires to be in God's house. Why? Is here. How lovely is your dwelling place. And the word lovely is best translated loved. Because God, David loved God's presence, and he wasn't yearning for the building, but for the presence of the Lord. And God's help, house represented the presence of the Lord. He yearned to come, okay? 
People miss out on a blessing when they don't come to church, right? I mean, you know that. Amen. They miss a real blessing when they don't come in. They feel like the church folks will ju- judge them and, and somehow they'll look down on them. And that is not going to happen. It's not going to happen here. Not going to happen. Most cases, the devil has told them that. Or they told them that all the preacher talks about is money. Don't go to that place because they want all your money and all that. All that is a lie. And keep people from coming into the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, something supernatural happens. And when we are touched supernaturally, we're never the same. People being touched by the Spirit of the Lord. David longed for God's presence. David was seeking the presence of God with everything within him. He's putting everything he was and had into seeking and experiencing the Lord. Are you enjoying church? Do you enjoy coming? Are you bored? Or somehow maybe you're saying, man, I hope Jim really gets through here this stuff long because I don't understand anything he's saying. No, I want to tell you, get into the presence of God and he'll explain everything. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that great? He explained exactly what he wants you to know. Get into God's presence. Wait upon him. Seek him with all of your heart. The Bible says that he, he will be found by us if we do that. That's who our God is. You know, a lot of times when we get in the presence of the Lord, it's like Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah saw the king high and exalted. And he got a glimpse there. And he realized, he said, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I've got sin here. And I live amongst the people who are sinful. You know, that's obviously us here. We've, we've had the, the seraphim, the blood of Jesus, come and touch our lips. We've been cleansed. He realized he was set free. And then what did he say? Here am I, send me. When he got free, he says, send me. See, we always look for somebody else to do what God is calling us to do. There's a story of four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody, and when nobody did what anybody could have done, right? Isn't that the way we are? Somebody else. Anybody else. And God is calling you and me today for such a time as this. He's calling you and me to come and lay our lives at the altar. And I want to tell you, anytime they're in the service, you want to come to the altar, you come to the altar. You get on down, if God tells you, get on your knees. Or if God tells you to get flat on your face before Him, then you get flat on your face and you cry out to Him. God tells you to do these things today because He's looking for people who will lay their lives down, who will give it up and say, I want you. You're my all in all because we've been bought with a price, the precious blood of the Lamb. God is saying today, He wants somebody to do what he's calling to do. Isaiah says, woe is me. And then he says, here am I, send me. See, the, the fields are white for harvest. They're ready. There are people out there today who want to know Christ. There are people today who have no idea what life is and they're walking in death because spiritually they're dead. They're not alive because they have never received and believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The birds were doing what David longed in verse 3. Even the sparrow has found a home, 
and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. The birds were at ease in God's presence, and David longed for the same close, precious relationship with him. David would rather nest near God's altar than dwell in his palace far away. You see, true worship involves pursuing God. Singing songs and choruses and listening to powerful messages and prayers are only part of the worship. Worship is meeting with God. Worship is encountering God. Worship is longing for Him down in the depths of your being and not ever giving up until you find Him. Amen. And that will be when we go home to be with Him. We never end. There is a pursuit of God that you and I are on right now. And God is saying, don't get out of the race. Get in the race and begin to remain steadfast and run that race with endurance and cast off that sin that so easily entangles us and seek the Lord's face in such a time as this. God is saying today, that's what he's calling you and me to do and to be here, you see. Worship's a lifestyle. The Bible says here in verses 4 through 7, blessed are those who dwell in your house. And then he goes on, they are ever praising you. What's that saying? They're ever praising you. Can you praise God through the trials and tribulations? Can you thank Him when things are going the complete opposite of what they thought they would be? Have you somehow, t- have you come and you've come to a place and you're so in love with Jesus that you're praising Him no matter what happens in your life and you're thanking Him for the ups and downs no matter what because of who He is and how He obviously has come into your life and saved you? We have the greatest gift of salvation that could ever be given. The greatest gift. He's asking today, where are you with that today? You see, when you love God, you will naturally want to serve Him. David blessed those who practice God's presence. And worship provides strength for the day. Oh, wow. You say, yeah, Jim, but you got to be here, right? Yeah, well, I preach, calling. But we're all ministers. I'm not the only one. It doesn't everything happen from this pulpit. It happens from the pews. And I get strength from coming in here. I get strength from rubbing shoulders with you you guys. My faith is strengthened when I see and I pray for you and I listen to you and you counsel me and you pray with me and you do all these things. I go from strength to strength. Hallelujah. And if there's anybody in here says they don't need strength, then I need to talk to you after the service, right? We need strength. We're in a time. You get weary in soul. And God said, when you come into the house of God and you get into his presence, then he'll refresh you. And we need refreshing. I love that. You can't jump in pools nowadays because it's too hot. The water in there is too hot unless they've got the chillers on. You used to be able to jump in and man, this is good. This is refreshing. Well, let me tell you, get into God's presence and it will be better than any pool you could have leaped in. Amen. Freshing, refreshment in the presence of the Lord. That's why we come. Get in His presence. Seek Him. Time spent daily in worship strengthens your inner spiritual man. Worship renews our spirits here. And when I worship God, my spirit's being repaired, restored, refreshed. I can meet my trials uh, and, and all the things I'm going to face and the power that God gives us today because that's who He is. And we have to believe it. You know, the man said, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's where you are. Pray that. But believe God before you believe anything else. Don't believe your circumstances. Don't believe what the devil tells you. He's lying all the time. He cannot tell the truth. 
and walk in that truth because when you know who you are in Christ and who He is in you, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop this church from being all that God has called us to be. Nothing can stop anything God wants to do in your life if we know who we are in Christ and who He is in us today. We have the power that raised Christ from the dead and dwelling every believer, the Holy Spirit of God. And we need to walk in that every day. I want to tell you. But what happens is we come in here in church many times and we've got all these burdens. Here we come. we got all these things, obviously, coming in and we come in and man, it is hard to get in the presence of the Lord. It's hard to actually just free. Let me suggest something, encourage you. Unload those things at the door. Cast all of your cares on Him because He cares for you. Put all those things aside and come in here with the one purpose of pursuing Him, of experiencing Him, and encountering Him with one thing. I'm going to worship today. Do you know what I say to the Lord today? Coming, I'm riding along. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to experience you. I'm going to encounter you in a powerful way today. There's going to be something that's going to happen in my heart, in the hearts of the lives of Lighthouse Fellowship today. And that's what's going to happen. And I believe it. And I believe it's happening right now. Amen. I believe it's going to happen. Our God cannot be stopped, folks. Our, our God cannot be. But we've got to believe it. And we've got to get all in on what God is doing today. Our God is not someone is saying, here, I saved you, and then I'm leaving you to yourself. No, that's where the journey just begins. God is saying he wants you to know that. David knew that. And then he says in verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. He said, I'd rather sit in the doorway down here and listen and experience worship, experience the presence of the Lord coming corporately because when God's people, where the Bible says in Matthew 10, where two or more are gathered in His name, there He is in our midst. He is here now, folks, and He wants you to open your heart to Him. And whatever the need may be, bring it to Him. Lay it at the feet of Jesus today because that's who He is. He is our burden carrier. He doesn't want us to carry those burdens today. I'm reminded, I'm a, I have studied revivals over the years. I'm not an expert, but I want revival so bad in the church. Y'all know that over the many years I've been with you. And I'm remind, reminded of the Susu Street revival. It happened in about 1906 in Los Angeles. Well, it actually started, I believe possibly God may have wanted it to start in Houston, okay? Because there was an, a black man named William Seymour. And God was moving in his life. And God had put a vision on his heart for a move of God's Spirit across the church, the body of Christ at that particular time. And many times God moves when the church is at a really low level, a level where nobody is really seeking the Lord, where society and culture has gone the opposite way, where there's, there's just deprivation in society and the culture today. And he had a burden for the Lord and for God's people today. And he started out, and he was in Houston, actually. And he was up here in a house in the Heights area. And he couldn't go into the, where they were teaching there, in that particular teaching in that home, because of the segregation at that time. He was black, and all the congregants there learning and, and so forth were being were white. And so what did he do? He sat in the doorway and listened to the teaching. He sat in the doorway 
David is saying, I'd rather sit in the doorway of the church and be in the presence of God than be in the tents of the wicked than doing my own thing. And it doesn't mean that you have to be necessarily a wick, just a downright wicked necessarily person, although that word is wicked. It's talking about being straying from the Lord and not doing God's will and not experiencing His best because God says today, they're good things and they may not be sins, but sometimes we miss His best because we want our way. God is saying, you want to be in the presence of God to be changed? Do you want to know Him? Then he's saying, seek me, lay your life before me, want to know me and be in my presence here. David said he used, decided to use his time in an excellent manner. He said a day with the Lord is better than a thousand in this world. Do we feel that way? Do we feel that somehow just a, a day in the presence of the Lord is worth more than a thousand here of the best times we've had in this world today. The best times in this world today are nothing compared to the presence of our God. Amen. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. David knows. David knows. David was not perfect. But he had set his heart on a pilgrimage and he had set his heart towards the Lord. He's saying he'd rather sit in the doorway than dwell in the house of the wicked. Max Cato writes in his book, The Great House of God. God can be your dwelling place. God wants to be your dwelling place. He's no interest in being a week, weekend getaway or Sunday bungalow or summer cottage. Don't consider using God as a vacation cabin or an eventual retirement home. He wants you under His roof now and always. He wants to be your mailing address, your point of reference. He wants to be your home. Listen to the promises of His Son. If, if my people love me, they will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. But this, many this is a new thought. We think of God as a deity to discuss, not a place to dwell. We think of God as a mysterious miracle worker, not a house to live in. We think of God as a creator to call on, not a home to reside in. But our Father wants to be much more. He wants to be the one in who we live and move and have our being. When Jehovah led the children of Israel through the wilderness, He didn't just appear once a day and then abandon them. The pillar of fire was present all night. The cloud was present all day. Our God never leaves us. I'll be with you always, He promised. Our faith makes a quantum leap when we understand the perpetual presence of the Father. Our Jehovah is the fire of our night and the cloud of our day. He never leaves us. And heaven knows no difference between Sunday morning and Wednesday afternoon. God longs to speak in the workplace as He does in the sanctuary. He longs to be worshipped when we sit at the dinner table and not just when we come to His communion table. He, we may go for days without thinking of Him, but there's never a moment when He's not thinking of you. That's our God. He wants a place to dwell. He's looking for a place to come. Not a place just for visitation. I want a visitation of the Lord but I want Him to come and dwell with us. I don't want Him to come and go. I want Him to come and dwell here in this place here. Because obviously, when we have a meaningful worship experience, 
we'll understand and we'll know I never want to leave the presence of the Lord. That's why practicing the presence of the Lord is very important. They learn to trust Him, praise Him, walk with Him, and discover life's best. So, let's build that relationship. Let's not back off. The Bible says if we draw back, then God's not pleased with us. But I pray every day that I'll press into the Lord. That I want to know Him more. There's so much more that we obviously need to know about the, God, about the Lord. That will change our lives. There are tidbits that are being taught as we teach, whether it be on Sunday morning or Wednesday afternoon or in our, our individual Bible study or when somebody speaks something to us and we know it quickens our hearts and we go back and we begin to look and we begin to know because you see in our growth and becoming more mature in Christ, it never stops until we face Him face to face. I encourage you with that. Now, let me give you just a little example and we'll close with this. If you remember the story in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, you remember David, the, the Ark of the Covenant was representative of the presence of God. Everybody got it? Remember? The Ark of the Covenant? Okay. And God dwelt between the cherubim on the Ark there. But I believe it was actually the presence of the Lord. Okay. But some say represent. But the presence of the Lord. Well, David wanted the presence of the Lord because obviously... The Ark of the Covenant had been captured and uh, it was in Abinadab's home, I believe, there, and he had to go and get it. Well, where the Ark of the Covenant was, it blessed the people of the family in that house. David wanted the presence of God, and so he went after the presence of the Lord, remember, to begin with, to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, okay? But he didn't bring the, pre the, the Ark of the Covenant back the way God had told him to do it. He put, obviously, rods through the rings there, and he didn't have the Levites carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And if you remember what happened there, and he put, uh, actually, he put it on a cart, put it on a new cart. He thought he was doing God a favor there. It was a new cart, and the cart was rolling along, and the cart kind of tumbled like this, and Uzzah reached out to touch and steady the Ark. And remember what happened? God struck him down. You ever thought about that story? I mean, Uzzah wasn't a bad guy. But there was a reason for it, and I'm going to share with you. I want to suggest something here about what I believe that we make a mistake with through our lives, our Christian lives. The Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. The more you know God, the more you love Him. The more you know God, the more you, you'll serve Him. The more you know God, the more you will obey God. And that's why people will tell you out in, the, out in society and so forth, and they say these particular things, that it's okay to live this lifestyle or that lifestyle or to do this and that when it's directly contradictory to what the Word of God says. Because they don't know God. Our God, and we sang about it, Everybody catch it? Is what? A what God? A holy God. Holy, holy, holy. Chris Tomlin wrote that and Kathy picked it up and put it up there. <laughs> Didn't it, Chris? That wrote it? Yeah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Uzzah stuck his hand out. 
God struck him down. God did not follow what God wanted want him to do. Why did he, why did he strike Uzzah down? I'll make this suggestion. Because I believe what happened was Uzzah got his eyes off of the presence of God and onto his circumstances. See, I believe when we get our eyes off of God, we get out of the presence of God, and we get our eyes on those circumstances, we begin to think differently than the way Jesus thinks. And we begin to think the way the world thinks, and we lose that spiritual life, that spiritual vitality, that spiritual tr strength that God gives us in His presence, and we begin to get tired and weary. And what do we do when we get tired and weary? We get over into the flesh and we try to work it out in the flesh and we find out that there's no life in the flesh. In fact, in flesh is death, <clears throat> spiritual death. Can be can be physical too. But he got his eyes off the presence of the Lord and got his eyes upon the circumstances. Yeah, David didn't do it right. But remember when David did do it right in First Chronicles chapter 15? He had his e-pod on. He was dressed. But he wasn't dressed like a king was. And he danced before the ark, bringing it into Jerusalem. He was so happy. He kind of sulked for a while because God had struck his friend down Uzzah. And David thought, man, God, I'm doing you a favor. And sometimes that's the way we feel also, don't we? We think somehow, man, I did this and that, and it didn't work out the way that we thought it would have worked out, and somehow we sulk at God. We have self-pity, and God allows us to wallow in that self-pity until we realize that that's just not working, until we run back to Him and say, Lord, forgive me. Show me where I was in error. Show me where I went off the, right, the righteous path. And God shows us, and we get back on it because He's a loving Father. He brought the ark in, remember the second time according to with the Levites there and with the rod between the rings there in the ark and so forth. And he brought it in the correct way and he danced before the Lord. He danced before the Lord. How do you enter God's presence? You want to? You get prepared. You get prepared all week. You can't jump into God's presence like that all of a sudden, bam. He's with us but I want to experience Him. I want to encounter Him. I want to know Him in that. So it takes my heart being bent towards Him regularly. I can't go and do my own thing out here and then expect God, come on and do this and that. Thank God He blesses us. And thank God He's full of grace and mercy. Thank you. But I want more. Because I believe with our God there's more. There's no end to our God. We've talked about the more of God. There's more than I have ever encountered that I want to know Him because He's calling us to a deeper level. And in that calling us in that deeper level, I want to tell you today, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's just not real comfortable. And we think somehow how somehow God has is, is, is vacated the premises. No, He hasn't. He has us where we want because He's molding us and making us. And He's using us because He's getting ready to use you. You know that? He wants us to be prepared. So how do you enter it? You praise Him with joy. Nehemiah was the first one. Nehemiah chapter 9, I believe, or 7. says that the, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you lose your joy, you lose your strength. 
How many of you know that? When life becomes drudgery, when life just becomes routine, and life no longer is exciting to you, and life is boring, then you may have lost your joy. If you're just going through the motions, and you feel like, I, I, I just I am just barely treading water. You see, God didn't just call us, didn't call us just to survive. He called us to thrive, right? To thrive. And we're just treading water, and God will never leave us nor abandon us. And He always, but His whole purpose is somehow for us to come back and return to Him. He was always telling the Israelites, if they'll just return to me, all it means is just come back to Him and praise Him and thank Him. Have you lost your praise? Have you lost just that sense of adoration and wonder down in your heart? And I call it adoration and wonder. W-O-N-D-E-R. That wonder of who our God is. If you lost it, God will restore it. David did. Remember, he asked the Lord. Restore the joy of your salvation. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Remember that? Restore the joy. Restore that. And he'll restore it. But it takes praising Him. Okay? It takes praising Him. There are other cultures that praise the Lord. The Jewish people, they worshiped and danced and carried on. Have you ever seen the people in Africa worship the Lord? What are they doing? They're jumping like pogo sticks, right? Remember those pogo sticks? They're jumping. They're praising the Lord, right? You have to go up and down. They're praising the Lord. They're happy. They're praising the Lord. You can't do that if you're not happy. If you're not happy here today, you're not going to be like a pogo stick, right? I'm not going to say you're a stick in the mud if you don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, you lose your joy. You're like, you lose it because life doesn't hold any meaning to you. And God is saying, I want to restore you. He is the God of restoration. We started this saying, God is doing a work in this congregation. We started by saying it's something supernatural happening amongst the congregants in this, in this place today. Because God is God. And God wants you to know Him. You're here. And yes, maybe here we go in the sense of, yeah, this is the convenient, this is the place over here on 3rd Street. Yep, great, wonderful, Lighthouse Fellowship, love it and so forth. And the people are loving. Yes, that should certainly be a part of it and all that stuff. But this is a place where we meet with God. And when we encounter the Lord, you're going to be changed. And I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be refreshed. I'm going to be, go from strength to strength. Because the Valley of Baca actually was a place of distress. He said they'll go through those, those things, those pot towers, of the, those valleys of distress. The valley, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We'll go through those things and we'll be, for, it says, ever praising Him. How many of you praise the Lord when you're in a real tight jam? Or do you try to figure it out on your own and try to work it out on your own and before long you're so tired and weary you're like, I can't do this. God is saying, praise Him in the valley of Baca because God will come through for you. You enter into a realm of worship to where you know that He is your source and obviously we are His portion. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Don't you love the presence of the Lord? Don't you love it? Don't you love Him? I come in and I say, you know, sometimes I just want to express it because somebody you love, you want to tell them you love them. You love them. You sometimes in Christian and in churches, you don't, you don't tell people that you love them, okay? Because you think it'll be taken the wrong way. What if I tell that? And yes, I'm saying to be, you know, use discretion and saying no. And it's not meant, I love you in the Lord is what we're saying. But I love you in the Lord. I love you guys in the Lord. I tell you, you're my family. I love you. You guys are on my heart. You guys are not just somebody coming in here to say, well, we got another number in here. We got somebody else in here. I love you guys. Y'all have allowed me that, not just because you've allowed me to come and be a part of your life. Definitely, praise God. But because who you are. Because I see the Lord all in you. He's all over you guys. He's all over you. God wants to reveal Himself to you. And He's doing that. And so when something strange happens you can't explain, many times it's the Lord. Because the things, His ways are not our ways or His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're much higher. Just yield your heart to Him. Praise Him in the good times and in the bad times. And say, Lord, I want that joy. Because that joy is directly from His heart toward you, His child. Oh, oh, how He loves you. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word, Your truth. Thank You for Your presence, Lord. Thank You, Lord, today we are not alone. You are here and we welcome You. We open our hearts to You, Holy Spirit of God. Come and reveal Jesus to every heart. Don't leave one heart out, Lord, today. I ask You, we open wide the gates, the doors of our hearts and say, come flooding in, Lord Jesus. There's no one like You. There's no other name under heaven by which man should be saved. You are our Lord. And You are beautiful beyond description. Two marvelous for words. Thank You, Lord, for Your presence. You are beautiful. Open our eyes that we may see. Open our ears that we may hear. Open our minds that we may understand. And open our hearts that we may, that we may obey. Help us go forever and ever from one to the other, praising You, forever praising You. Because You're worthy. And that's why we've come. Thank You for Your presence here today. And thank You for what You're doing in our hearts and lives. And we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Amen.